Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast from Taylor's Media. I'm Andy Davis. Here's episode eight, and for what it's worth, it's Tuesday. Not that days of the week really mean very much at the moment. I'm up here in my loft like a kind of one-man series of Big Brother. It's a bit different today as we have one guest, but it's incredibly relevant to how many of you are feeling right now, I think, and that's how do you keep your name out there while your showrooms are closed. So we'll be talking marketing to David Barker from Inspire KBB. They're a specialist in marketing for kitchen and bathroom specialists, so he'll have a lot of insight into exactly what you need to be doing right now to set yourselves up for the next few weeks ahead and, of course, beyond. As always, I really want to know what you're up to. How are you marketing yourselves? How are you keeping in touch with clients and making sure everyone knows you're open for business, albeit virtually? Find me on LinkedIn as Andrew Davis at Taylor's Media or email me andrewdavis at taylorsmedia.com and that email address is in the episode description. Here's your shameless plug for Taylor's Media. We're the home of KBB Review, Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms magazine and the Studio magazine. We're open for business too. And again, I want you to swing by kbbreview.com. We're updating it all the time with the latest news on the industry's response to coronavirus. If you're subscribed to our newsletters, you might have seen today that we've started a new weekly email called our Good Newsletter. That'll be out on Tuesdays, and it's only got good, positive news on it to remind us that we work in a fantastic sector that is still as creative and inclusive as it has always been. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletters, you can do that at kbbreview.com too. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram as at kbbreview. Right, I think we're into the second week of the lockdown here now, so it's time to start thinking about marketing and how you get your name out there. I'm very pleased to say that I think down the phone now we have David Barker from Inspire KBB. David, are you there? Yes, good morning, Andy. How was your first weekend of lockdown? Well, it it felt like the second weekend, actually, but uh, not bad. Uh, Got out and did the allotted exercise, managed to do a few things around the house and and even... uh, make a head start on the work week as well yeah the problem now is all those things i've been saying oh i'll get around to that and now i'm getting told i'm getting around to so it's 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 almost exhausting right we're going to talk about we're going to talk about marketing now because i think we need to you know let's talk a bit more positively about what proactively people can do to keep their businesses going so just tell us give us a 30 second explanation of what inspire kbb is well we uh kitchen, bathroom and bedroom sales and marketing specialists. So we manage and deliver marketing for independent owner-operated KBB retailers in the UK. And so what kind of things do you help them with? We basically built the business to be a one-stop shop for all things sales and marketing. But we we cover uh, website development, uh, we do SEO, we do pay-per-click, Google search type advertising, Facebook advertising, uh, we do a lot of content marketing in terms of emails and blogs, and we would also do a, a lot of social media marketing as well generally, Facebook particularly. Oh, so these are all the things that people are talking about that they need to get to grips a little bit more with while they're stuck at home. You've obviously been in this game for quite a long time as well, so just give, let's just have a little look how you see the current situation. Well, we've used an analogy of entering a tunnel here. I mean, I think it's been a situation for us where We've had to decide, is this going to be a black hole, a a bottomless pit, or is this a tunnel that we're going to come out of? And I think generally the people we speak to would accept that and and see it the same way. In terms of that tunnel, there's three phases, essentially maybe even a fourth phase much further down the track. But 
The first phase, phase entering the tunnel, I think, pretty much concludes this week. We've seen it as March, where basically people have had the situation of closing retail outlets and having to communicate that to their customers and also explain how open they actually are and doing it in a way which has been socially conscious without looking to be selling too heavily or, or predatory. The, the middle phase of that tunnel, which potentially, well, it is the darkest period, which looks like it's going to be April. If we listen to what the government said this weekend, it's going to be around the middle of April when the NHS is under the most pressure. That's a period when I think it's going to be relatively settled for businesses and that they're closed, but there's a lot that can still be done. And then the third phase coming out of the tunnel, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, I would see that as being May. I would certainly hope that the retail outlets are back open by the beginning of June, but potentially sometime in May. And that's where the biggest opportunity is going to come for people in terms of how, how society's feeling. I, I expect there's going to be a wave of relief, optimism, and maybe even euphoria as we get into that period. So when you put all of that together, what the question is here and now for uh, kitchen, re- bathroom and bedroom retailers is what can we do in the here and now and what can we do to get ready to potentially catch a wave on the way out. It's interesting, isn't it? Because the, a lot of the government briefings over the weekend were saying, oh, you know, it, this, it could be six months before life gets back to normal, which is what a lot of the headlines have been coming out of. But actually, I think there's a real psychological barrier to cross. And the way they were talking at the weekend, it sounds like it's not that far away. The barrier of this is the worst of it. We are at the top of the peak and the moment we get past the top and and everyone can see that it's a downhill run after that, the moment people can see, as you say, a light at the end of the tunnel, minds start turning a little bit more to planning what they might do after it's all over. Absolutely. For us, we've had to take a stance and, and make decisions for our business and help our clients make decisions for their businesses as well. What do we expect to happen? What do we expect the time frame to be? What activities should be done through the month of April? What would that look like when we get to May when potentially businesses are starting to open up or we're getting news that they will be able to open up fairly shortly? And when you take a stance on something and start to make decisions, yes, it can be a bit nerve-wracking in terms of investment, which is required, but we need to look positively at what, what we should be doing and the potential opportunities coming out of the back of this. I mean, one of the things which we see happening, and, and this is a conversation that took place in our uh, household last night, I said, if we, you know, let's say the businesses are back open by June, we still going to take that holiday that we've got planned but not yet purchased in Majorca at the end of July? And the answer was, no, I don't think we are. My wife didn't want the idea of being caught out there potentially on a further lockdown or, or a second lockdown. But also there's the concern that the coronavirus is still likely to be around and travelling by plane with people who may well still have it. That's a concern. So when we apply that to that thinking to the population, then it looks like summer holiday is going to be a bit of a non-event, I think, heading abroad. And we all know that when that happens, we spend time at home and we spend time and money on the home. And that's why we would see 2020 being the summer of home improvement. In fact, it may even become the whole year. The rest of the year becomes the year of home improvement. So I think that's a big opportunity for this particular industry. 
Well, look, we're going to copyright the Summer of Home Improvement there. Registered trademark, Taylor's Media, Inspire KBB. OK, we're going to, we're going to nick that and we're going to use it all the time now. All right, there so you look, go. Let's get, down, let's get down to details here. There's a lot of things that you can do in marketing. It's a, it's a sort of never-ending thing. So let's sort of try and narrow this down a little bit to where we are right now. So say, David, you were running a kitchen and bathroom specialist now, closed your showroom last week, you're sat at home. What would you be doing right now? I think, first of all, if it hasn't yet been done, people need to make it really clear as to how open they really are. It's not about how close. When you think about how much can be done by a KBB retail outlet, there's actually a lot in terms of starting and progressing conversations over the phone, email, and even video meetings. Uh, We've got people getting used to video meetings for the first time in their lives in the last week or so, and and that's being done successfully. I heard Joel talking in your previous episode about how he's progressing sales conversations and design conversations with people using WhatsApp and keeping those conversations alive there. There's a lot that can be done to communicate with people, and it's explaining that they can talk to you and that there can be a meaningful conversation. That's one thing in terms of getting that message up on your website, getting that message into your marketing, which has to obviously acknowledge the situation. And then, you know, you can start to put out pieces of content, either written or ideally by video, showing different products that are available, talking about different design aspects, how you go about design. All of that is quite feasible when you set your mind to it. And I think that's the key thing is the more we think about what can be done remotely and over phone, email and video, there's a lot. You touched on it slightly there, but I think one of the things that might concern people is what tone do you take? If you're seen to be overtly selling yourself, does that seem quite inappropriate at this stage? How much are you acknowledging the current circumstances and what tone should you take when you're talking to people? Good question. I mean, I think in the last couple of weeks, it has been not really that acceptable to be overtly selling. But I think what April is all about is selling the discussion. We can get into a discussion with you right here and now to talk about what it is that you're looking to achieve, what projects you might be looking to undertake in the next few months or later this year. Let's start that discussion now because people seem to have a bit more time, certainly seems to be more attention about in terms of media consumption. So I would say right now is the time to start talking about how you can get into a discussion with your potential customers. Okay, so let's deal with the sort of main channels of things one by one here, because most people have a website, okay? And I think when when we've talked about with websites with a lot of retailers, not all obviously, but with a lot of retailers, they're always a bit, well, it's okay, it's fine, it does its job, but here's an opportunity to start looking at your website much more as as your showroom. Agreed. I mean, there's a statistic that's been around for a year or so which suggests that, broadly speaking across, any industry that in this day and age, 70% of the decision is being made before a person is looking to speak to a salesperson or a consultant. And if we apply that to the KBB industry, I would say that could, could well be right, that people are looking to do their research and explore their options as much as they can online or or in printed media before they get to the point of making a phone call or stepping into a showroom. So if that was the case up until a few weeks ago, then I think it becomes even more relevant moving forward in the coming months in terms of laying out a virtual sales experience for people. So that would obviously be around the website in terms of 
kitchen planning tools, kitchen design tools, kitchen pricing tools to allow people to get further down the track in their decision making before uh, they have to speak to someone either remotely or even face to face. Again, it's the tone thing, isn't it? But just having you know the opening bit of your website, which I've seen quite a few people do, just say, "Look, we are our showroom is closed, but we are open. Please contact us." You know, just getting the the basic message out there as soon as people arrive at your site. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we took a, an angle with uh, a few of our clients last week in terms of a small banner being on their website talking about how virtually how they're virtually open coming from a couple of angles with that but just putting uh, emphasis on the word virtual and then going on to explain that in detail get in touch phone email even have a video call etc okay let's look a bit of social media now because that's the one thing that a lot of people talked about is hey that's our that's our main avenue to have direct communication with people is via social media i think sometimes in this sector people see social media as just something to put the odd picture of a kitchen on good what would be your tips that they should be sat at home doing this week i think when it comes to social media there's two aspects to it there's, there's the potential free distribution to those people who have liked and followed you to this point and then there's the paid exposure that you can get i think if we just look briefly at the the free distribution you're potentially having a conversation with people who already know who you are and and the people who are likely to be taking notice of Anything you put out are those that are in the market or coming into the market to buy a new kitchen, bedroom, or bathroom. So, you know, you can be obviously talking about how open you are. You can be, you know, I think Joel said on Friday, you can be doing short videos in terms of putting product demonstrations out there. One to two minute videos could be really useful for that right now. And then just talking about what the discussion with you would look like, you know, remotely and, and using digital media. I think when it comes to social media paid for, one thing that we have seen in the last week or two is that the the value and the cost of advertising across Google and Facebook has come down considerably. You've got Google search or pay-per-click advertising is still very relevant because you're only paying for people who are searching. Uh, if your campaigns are set up right, uh, it's certainly more complex than Facebook advertising where you can speak in a different way, you can provide a lot more sort of written commentary and more easily use video to, you know, go out to a colder audience who may not yet know who you are, but it's about getting people onto your website, uh, getting them to download a brochure, getting them to make a phone call or book an appointment. All of that can be, you know, progress really well with paid Facebook advertising, for example. And then you've got offline media, which I think becomes more relevant than maybe it has done in, in previous years. The print media, I guess, that you're talking about there is much more localised, isn't it? These are local independent businesses, and I think the role that they can play in their local community using these kind of methods uh, is a big part of their building up of relationships, don't you think? It would be fair to say, I think, that offline media is probably more trusted if we look at the um, recent history of of digital media. So you've got that trust element, but... I've noticed myself, I've been on to the local newspaper website more often than I would have been to see different stories about how the, the local community is coping with this crisis at the moment. So I would imagine that there may be more local newspaper sales than usual. But I think it's also about realising who the audience is that you want to speak to. I mean, local radio is another consideration. I mean, I saw a statistic in the weekend that suggested that radio consumption is up dramatically through all of this. 
But when, when we look at print media, we had a couple of examples in the last week or so where I know one kitchen retailer who sold three kitchens and took deposit just last week. And the same thing happened with another retailer we were talking to the week before. And when we put those six sales together, it turned out that five of them were actually to people who would be deemed to be retirees or in their age group. And, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't normally these days be promoting the use of local newspaper advertising, for example. But when you marry the fact that it may well be that those people who are not, you know, at threat of losing their jobs, so they're retired, they've got their money, they are by far the largest consumers of local newspaper. When you put that together with the fact that they're spending the money, local newspapers have got probably an increased uh, reach at the moment and an increased audience, potentially a chance to do some really effective advertising to that particular group. And, you know, I can imagine that the newspapers would welcome that and there'd be, you know, a reasonable deal to be had. I mean, very, very broadly speaking here, of course, that generation is perhaps the ones who are slightly less savvy with social media than perhaps the younger generation would be. I mean, that is a very broad brush, obviously, but they're the ones who are going to be much more reliant on more traditional media, I guess. Yeah, I think so. But don't discount digital media with them. I mean, one thing about Facebook, for example, is it's becoming probably already become very popular with the the over 60 age group. And the difference there between somebody, let's say, who's 70 looking at Facebook on their phone compared to someone who's 25 is that the person who's 70 is probably reading everything that's in their newsfeed, whereas someone who's 25 is flicking through it or probably on Instagram, to be honest. That's true. I know my dad does, although he calls it Facebook. (laughs) You have to prioritise what you do every day, don't you? And one of the things that falls by the wayside, I think, sometimes is probably data. You know, what data do you hold on your customers, previous customers, people, you know, leads you might have walking through the showroom? What work can people be doing now, do you think, on improving the data that they have in order to start having some kind of targeted marketing? Well, I think that's important. I mean, one of the things which I think people need to consider is when we come out of it, what are the things that you would potentially regret not having done? whilst you had the opportunity to do so. And I think for a lot of people, it's about getting their data organized properly into a CRM system. And if they already have one, is to get it better organized. So there's some really good and easy to use systems out there. Pipe Drive would be one that we would recommend a lot or keep. They're very good at just getting that data pulled together into one place and then starting to tag it so that you can communicate with different forms of email to the different groups. That's one thing which I think is, is really important to be doing right now. And, you know, use, using email marketing and possibly for consumers, even direct mail over the coming months. Okay, well, well, we'll put some links to some of these things that you're recommending in the episode description here so people don't have to kind of keep rewinding to work out what you're talking about. Do you see... This, I mean, I'm always trying to look for the positives in things here. Do you think that this situation might leapfrog a few people in terms of what they're doing for marketing? I think a lot of people have been in the market for a very long time, rely very much on recommendations and reputation, which of course is incredibly important, but they need to enhance those things with the kind of marketing that you're talking about. Can you foresee in a very positive way that this might force people to get a little bit more involved in what marketing, a good marketing mix actually is now? Absolutely. I mean, the, people should potentially have more time to um, get involved and figure out what is available and how it could be used. I think for those businesses who haven't done a lot of marketing in recent years, it's probably because they've got you know a high number of referrals coming into their business and they've relied on that, which is great. 
But now's the opportunity to take that situation, particularly where you're getting referrals and leveraging that for even more business moving forward. I mean, in terms of leapfrogging, there's the opportunity to do it, but you also don't want to be the one that gets leapfrogged, if you know what I mean, left behind yeah. because uh, others have started to get get it together and moved on and forward. I think a big part of the, the thing that worries people is that it's, it's hard to know where to start with it. There's so many people, so many agencies, so many consultants saying that they know the best way to do things and they, they all have their different costs and it's hard to know where to even begin to get advice. It's a bit of a minefield, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, the reason that we've set this business out, our business, is I just recognised that the way media and marketing was going, it was becoming more and more complex. And I took a view that marketing is going to be a discipline which people will uh, more and more outsource like they do for HR services, for business law and the like. So I think it's well within reason that people should be reaching out to an an agency, wherever that is, or or whatever they do, either locally or or nationally of a specialist like ours, and talking to them about what they should be doing or could be doing. I think it's the faster route than trying to figure it out yourself. So, so it's very easy to get to get sort of bamboozled by it all if, you, if you're not particularly au fait with it. Yeah, and I think uh, it, it is. I mean, you, you do need to be careful, particularly around the subject of SEO. But I would say it would be a case of probably taking referrals from people who have already had success with marketing agencies and consultancies. That would be a step that I would make anyway. So again, we're, we're talking about people talking with each other. We're talking about uh, asking other peers or the retailers, whatever it is, who do you use? and let's get a bit of a conversation going about what the best methods are. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I think it, even with your series of, of uh, podcast series in the last week or so, somebody made the point that, you know, we're, we're all figuring this out together at the same time. So it's important to look at what other people are doing and listen and be prepared to take advice from those who may be a week or two ahead in this whole subject or, or potentially even months ahead as we uh, move forward. So there's a, lot, there's a lot to be gained by listening and taking advice and asking for referrals of that nature. Well, look, David, I think we've probably got enough for today, I think, for people to try and, try and digest it a little bit. But I think what we'll do is we'll maybe pick up with you again and maybe look in a bit more in depth at things like social media or emails about the best way to write them or the best, best time to send them out and that kind of thing. But we'll, kind of, we'll pick up with that again in the future, I think. Sure thing. Obviously, the most important question, what is your deserted kitchen island disc what is the most positive feel-good song i know you must have thought about it and i'm expecting something very antipodean now well no i haven't actually i um when i heard where you were from the other day i put one and two together and i figured i knew where you were heading with this but as a manchester united supporter i thought i just couldn't go there oh good lord so, <laughs> oh we were doing so well we were doing so well for 25 minutes david <laughs> Sticking with a football team, I um, randomly ended up at Wolverhampton Wanderers about right. a year ago. And I don't know if you've ever been to watch a match there. But I have, yes. But they have a great rendition of Hi-Ho Silver Lining by Jeff Beck. Yes. So that's a great song. I think it's very uplifting. But if you want the Wolverhampton view, just uh, go onto YouTube and uh, search for Hi-Ho Wolverhampton. It's a classic. <laughs> Okay, that's my favourite one so far. That's as random as you can possibly get, so I love it. Thank you for your time, David, and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Andy. Bye now. 
a big thank you to David Barker for spending so much time with us today. There's a lot in there to digest, so let me know what you think and what you're doing. I'll be back tomorrow, so don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And please rate and review us as it helps others find us. I'll see you tomorrow.